Hello, Warbirders. This episode is number two in a series. So if you haven't heard the one on the XP-55 Ascender, then you should check that one out first. There are common details that I'm not going to repeat here. So go get caught up and then come back. The Vault-T XP-54 started with the same Army Air Corps specification R-40C from November 1939, looking for better performance, armament, and pilot visibility over existing fighters. This specification also allowed for unconventional designs and was expected to be powered by the Pratt & Whitney X-1800. Now, while we're talking unconventional, we might as well look at this engine. Because for Pratt & Whitney at the time, it was pretty unconventional in its own right. When you think Pratt & Whitney engines of World War II, you're thinking of wasps, hornets, twin wasps, double wasps, and WASP Majors, all radial engines and all air-cooled. The Pratt & Whitney X-1800 was to be completely different, and it was numbered 1800 due to the hope that it would produce at least 1800 horsepower. It was to be a 24-cylinder H-configuration engine. This would stack two banks of 12 horizontally opposed cylinders each and join them by gears to the propeller shaft. This configuration would be successful in the British Napier Sabre. And if this wasn't weird enough for Pratt & Whitney, the valving for these cylinders wouldn't be the standard poppet valve. They would employ sleeve valves, again, like the British Napier Sabre and Bristol Hercules and Centaurus. With a turbocharger installed, it was hoped to be a great high-altitude engine with projected performance between 1,800 to 2,200 horsepower. With these numbers, multiple aircraft manufacturers began designing experimental aircraft around it, including the Curtis Wright XP-55 Ascender, the Lockheed XP-49 and XP-58 Chain Lightning, the Northrop XP-56, and the subject of this episode, the Vulti XP-54. Now, when it comes to innovation and out-of-the-box thinking, Vulti really grabbed for the brass ring with their proposal. And the XP-54 actually got top points from the Army in the competition, because, at least on paper, the XP-54 had a lot going for it. Performance was to be an impressive 510 miles per hour with 500 mile range and a ceiling of 37,000 feet. Like the XP-55 Ascender, the design was to be a pusher configuration, but instead of using canards and wingtip mounted fins, the XP-54 would have twin tail booms framing the single 12-foot propeller attached to a horizontal tailplane and twin fins. You know, like the P-38 Lightning. Getting clearance for that big propeller without an overly long landing gear was going to be tough. But by using a design trick like that employed by the Corsair, the XP-54 had an inverted gull wing with the main gear being attached at the joint where the wing was lowest to the ground. The wings were special in that the inboard sections were ducted and would contain the radiators and intercoolers for the engine, the thought being that this would greatly reduce drag and improve performance. 
All the rest of the systems for the XP-54, armament, cockpit, fuel, and engine, would be contained in the torpedo-shaped central pod of the fuselage. Various configurations of guns and cannon were discussed and planned, but the really revolutionary thing about the armament was that the guns were to be able to pivot up to 3 degrees and lower down by 6 degrees. Unlike all other fighter aircraft at the time, which forced the pilot to aim his aircraft like an extension of the gun, the XP-54 would allow the aircraft to be flying one way and shooting in a slightly different direction, giving a flexibility for better aiming. Of course, the mechanism to compute, control, and move the guns gave a serious weight and complexity penalty. Now, like all the pusher-type aircraft, there was the problem of that meat chopper being behind the pilot if he ever needed to bail out. Volti came up with a different way of protecting the escaping pilot than utilizing a propeller release mechanism. Volti built in a sort of downward acting ejection seat that would drop the pilot and his seat through the floor and below the propeller arc. Now that you know that, then the next feature will be a bit less surprising. Rather than climbing up and into the cockpit like any other fighter that you've ever thought of, the pilot of the XP-54 would activate a system that would lower his seat out the bottom of the plane, and then he would get in, tighten his belt, and then be raised up via electric motor, kind of like those motorized chair-climbing seats for seniors. A bonus was that the cockpit was to be pressurized. In October 1940, there was a setback. The promised engine for the plane, the X-1800, was cancelled, as Pratt & Whitney decided to focus on the suite of aforementioned radial engines that we all know them now for. So, seeing as the aircraft had been built around the X-1800, that was annoying. So Volti went shopping for another engine and settled on the Lycoming XH-2470, which was also an H engine, kind of. It was actually a kind of jury-rigged Hail Mary attempt for Lycoming to rescue another poorly performing other engine, the O-1230 engine, which was a 12-cylinder, liquid-cooled, horizontally opposed, low-profile engine. Lycoming stuck one of those on top of another, geared them together, and ta-da, another new H engine that they called the XH-2470. So, as I already said, the Army was interested, and a contract for a prototype aircraft was awarded on the 8th of January 1941, and Volti started work on that. However, in September of that same year, the mission of the XP-54 was changed from mid-altitude to high-altitude interception, which meant that a turbo supercharger needed to be added, plus heavier armor. Volti went ahead and incorporated the changes. Things looked promising enough that a second prototype was ordered the next year on the 17th of March 1942. Somewhere along the way, the aircraft picked up the nickname of Swoos Goose. Supposedly, there was a song about a bird that was half swan and half goose. So, Swoos. Right in the middle of the Swoos Goose program, the XP-68 Tornado was proposed. This was a swoos, but powered by yet another engine, the Wright R2160 Tornado, 
42-cylinder radial engine that would be driving a set of contra-rotating propellers. And guess what happened? Yes, the Tornado engine was cancelled, and so was the XP-68 Tornado, so forget about that one. Finally, the first prototype, serial number 41-1210, began flight testing on the 15th of January 1943, and the results were... disappointing. At the same time, the XH-2470 engine was also cancelled. There was thought of now using still another engine, the Allison V-3420, but that would require major airframe redesigns. The second prototype flew 10 times before it became a parts plane to keep the first prototype flying, but in the end, the whole program was cancelled and both airframes were scrapped. After all of these failed changes, I wonder how many Vulti engineers and draftsmen had gone completely insane. So in our next episode, we're going to look at what Northrop came up with, with their XP-56 Black Bullet. If you like this kind of content, make sure you like and subscribe, please. Thank you. Until next time.